Carson Twist. Darren Pang just robbed you. Can't beat the heart of a lion and Kelly Jake. not going to back Kelly Chase up at all. Chase will fight this thing until he's absolutely out of gas. A great play along the wall to start with. Just keeping the puck in. Shattenkirk with a quick decision. Schwartz bouncing on the puck. The save of the year. The absolute save of the year. Holy jumping. What a save this is. The pucker factor down on the Chicago bench is pretty pretty high right now. Let me tell you. The Blues have stuck with the plan. The push was on. And that leaves the sniper off the bar and in the net. And that is our drive to the net. And why wouldn't it be? This is Jason Putts with Panger, only on NHLPodcast.com, a lineup media group production. Now, your hosts, Kelly Chase and Darren Pang. Welcome in, Jason Pucks with Panger. I'm Kelly Chase, Jason Pucks 39, my good buddy, Darren Pang, Panger4 at Panger40 on Twitter. And NHLpodcast.com. We're going to be rolling out a brand new episode today, and it is good. Loaded. Loaded with some great stuff. And Darren Pang, my good buddy Panger, you sat down with our friend Marty Brodeur and had a fantastic holiday well, we, we special. Did. You know what we did? It's a, it's it's part of our award-winning program that we've got right here on NHLpodcast.com. And, um, you know, I've won very few awards. Uh, you've, you know, you have won some awards. But all, my, all, all voted on by my family. Yeah, that's true too. But the, you know what? Marty has 125 career shutouts in the regular season. That, that doesn't even count the playoffs. And I have zero, so we combined for 125. There's a lot of similarities between Marty and I. But at the very end, very end, so, so listen closely to the very end of the interview with Marty because I asked him if he had one save, one save to make, and he's gonna, his career's going to end. Which one would it be? So, wow, okay. that's a great question, Bear. Okay. I, I gave him a two-pad stack, number one. Uh, give and taketh the glove side. He's done that many times. Or the old poke check coming off the wing. So wow. I'm not going to give you the answers, but those are three great choices. I wanted it? to hear one of them that he, I thought maybe you'd get out of them too, is one you could have back. And an important time. Which would it be? Oh, Which goal would it be? Oh. Which save? Okay, okay, there's one. There's one. It's, it was. I was covering this as a as a reporter on uh, on ABC. Here's the deal. Okay, I got you. 2003, yeah. against Anaheim. Yeah. They fire the puck down. He drops his stick. It hits his stick. Right. It goes in the net. Didn't it happen to Jonathan Quick too? Oh yeah, I remember. Didn't the yes, same thing happen to Jonathan yes, Quick? Yes. Yes. On the same side of the ice, Fought, too. Yep. Is that Fought unbelievable? Went over top of him. Well, you know better than me. You were one of those guys in the uh, I've not been. Uh, I have not been a part of it, so I can't tell you. I can't help you. So, uh, but no, naturally, when it comes to the goaltenders, we're also going to talk a little bit about the coaches. There's been a coaching change. Mike Johnson's been relieved of his duties in in uh, in, Pittsburgh. In, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh, and also, uh, you know, we we've got some a little bit of. Uh, you know, talk and chatter with uh, what's going on in Anaheim, and, and we talk. Yeah, not going, we, we not going really well there. No, it's not going. I thought well they were there. picking it up. I thought they were. I thought they were going to start trending forward. And then trending know? forward are yeah. are the Calgary Flames. So you're talking about the guy that's coach of the year, yeah. and trending forward because they stuck with a guy and they've got back the team got back to their uh, grassroots blue collar hockey, and I think that's a, that's a real plus for the Calgary Flames. Also, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the free agencies about. Uh, Especially, uh, it, it came to light in, in, in Winnipeg where 
uh, Dustin Bufflin, Andrew Ladd, and, and, and Truba are all combined asking in the neighborhood of 152 million. Now, whether that's speculation or not, I had an opportunity to talk to their to their owner, who was you know a little frustrated that that got out. Of course, the agents blame the blame the just the, the, the Jets. The Jets are saying now, what what good would it do for? It'd be it'd be ridiculous for us to send something out like that. So uh, a lot of no good coming out of it, yeah. but a lot of uh, speculation now about Boy, money. Boy, isn't it funny that they came out right at the same time with those numbers? Well, like it that? changes in the dressing room, and so yeah, so yeah. The, the good of living in Canada, that's the bad, yeah, right there. Yeah. You you would just yeah. not see that come out in in, in St. So Louis. So we're going to dive into that, are we? We're, we're going to talk a little bit about so that. So one's yeah, a, two are UFAs and one's an RFA. So there's a big difference there. That's right. Well, well let's we'll start. Out. Let's you know let's open it up and start right away with uh, with with the coaches. Uh, I mean. Um, one of I read a spectacular comment mm-hmm. um, from the from the players, a couple of the players' comments on on Joel Quenville, and one mm-hmm. of the reasons it, the, that it was it, it wasn't about the coaching so much as it was about how Joel has given uh, Patrick Kane second, third, triple shift in him, trying to keep his streak alive, yeah. trying to make sure that he had the opportunity to break the record and then keep running with the record because his comment was, this is a great story. And what happens a lot of times when you're in that story, Joel was educated enough to know that this, let's make the story about Patrick and then we can manage the rest of the team without their, them needing something else to talk about, whether there's some deficiencies in our game, whether it's, you know, he'll handle the media the proper way. We'll make it about him. We'll make the story about him, and the Hawks will continue to con- do what we do and try and correct some deficiencies, uh, play in a situation where we become more successful. But whatever it is, we're going to do it. The players then have, have acknowledged that what a great respect that he has for Patrick, that he would try so hard to get this guy his accomplishment. And I thought that was fantastic. For sure it is. But that, that comes with the history of, of Joel. Uh, you know, you said it before, and I think we covered it on the podcast about bonuses. Right. You know, knowing right. knowing which player has bonuses, which right. nowadays there are no bonuses. Right. But but this was something. This is lifelong. This is this secures a relationship forever. Ever cemented in their championships. Yeah. Now it's ever cemented in the the the, the personal care of a player to make that player. And Patrick Kane actually had a in the last game they were shut out, and they pulled the goalie, they gave up an empty net goal. They pulled the goalie again, and Patrick right out there again, yeah. and just gave him, you know, every opportunity. Every that, opportunity to keep the streak yeah. alive, and I think yeah. so. That's ingrained in your head as a, as a player. You you literally say, "I'm going to step out and play for that guy because he stepped out for me." And, yeah. and and I know I know with Joel, that was something that was that he prides himself in, but it was important to him. And I heard a great quote. We were at the uh, Jack Buck Awards uh, ceremony at oh, yeah. the Missouri Athletic Club. Yes. Uh, had the opportunity to listen to some guys speak, and Mike Matheny was receiving the Jack Buck Award, and and uh, John Mazalock got up and spoke. And it was very intriguing to me because in today's game, when we talk about this all the time, how you have to keep your it's a, your captains can't do as much for keeping a pulse on your team as much as the, the coaches need to do a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. And so how you manage your, your locker room, your clubhouse, whatever it would be. John Mozeliak made the, made the comment that Mike Matheny is a, is a coach, yeah. a mentor, and a friend to his players. And he said that is important for us to do that with the Cardinal organization because if we continue to do that, as a group and as a family, and knowing that what we say we actually actually matters, not only on the field but off the field, and we can convince our players 
that they matter to us as friends and parts of the community, we will have much more success in free agency. Yeah. We'll have much more success in teams wanting to play here and want to play for Mike Matheny. Now, Mike Matheny is a is a character person. He's 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 a loyal person. He's he's got honor, and he's a guy that you want to go into a fight with because he's tougher than barbed wire, and yet he demands and commands respect. So all of those attributes are what's made him successful, and yet. There's guys that I think players at times, they feel like that about. I mean, Joe Quenville was fired in, in St. Louis. That's so right. it isn't like, no. you know, we talked about him earlier. But now we're seeing in Anaheim, Bruce Boudreaux, one game away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm -hmm. One game. How do the Anaheim Ducks slide to where they are? <laughs> if we could only really, truly figure out exactly how this has come about. Um, I You know, the effort that they put... They emptied the tank maybe to get to that spot. And for the third year in a row, they lost on home ice in game seven. Right. On home ice where that's that's the advantage that you have with last change and your matchups and the advantage. It's supposed to be an advantage to go through maybe another summer chaser that uh, that you you go through it and you train and you start it off again and you go, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to put the same work into it. You know, I'm not sure if I do. Well, I'm not sure if I want to go block that shot or take that hit off the boards or... You know, gonna, you know, we got three on three this year. Maybe it'll be easy. Maybe we'll have a fun, we have fun well, time. We saw that out of L.A. as well. After L.A. Cup. and yeah. you know, the the Calgary Flames are an example. Um, however, they've turned it around. Like there was a time where I'm sure that people in Calgary, I'm sure their general manager Brad Treliving looked at that team and said, "Uh oh, like what what's happened here, fellas? What's going on?" You know, T.J. Brody comes back. Mark Giordano starts playing like Mark Giordano. They're dominating three on three. Johnny Goudreau and and uh, and uh, the likes of uh, what Sean Monahan and Yuri Hoodler, and anyway, they're but they play hard for one another. They're blocking shots again. They're doing all the little things that they did before, and that's one thing that I'm not seeing with 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 Anaheim. I wonder what I wonder. Like you mentioned, Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny's a big hockey guy. Big hockey. Would, guy. would he be? Would he be able to watch a game? Take two teams, watch a game in hockey, and and figure it. Like not figure it out, but have a pretty good idea of what's going right and what's going wrong. Well, I you think he, I think you he's know. a guy that can can adapt on effort. I mean, uh, I think in in in, in systems, that there's, there's there's fundamentals in baseball that are fundamentals in hockey that are like you know you play hard the entire you hit a ball you yeah. run it out you run, you run hard it out. you run it out yeah you don't you don't pull off halfway down the line uh, you know when you slide into second base you slide hard yeah you, so if Mike was watching a game he yeah. would recognize effort. Because he would know, hey, listen, a bad I'm line not sure. change, a sloppy, something. Yeah, coming to the bench slow, going uh, offside on a three-on-two, or, or uh, making the trip when you're supposed to be physical and turn away at the last second, or yeah. or hitting the glass just beside the guy and not really hitting the player. Those are things that guys that play with passion and understand the, any game can understand, because they understand effort, and I think that's what separates. I'm just thinking of a show right here. No, seriously, I'm thinking of a show. Oh, no, not again. Aren't we busy enough? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm seriously... How about in a preseason game where you take Mike Matheny, yeah. a preseason game, yeah. and you put him behind the bench of the St. Louis Blues, and you take a guy like Hitch and you, you put, put him on, on the, you, on, you in the clubhouse. In the clubhouse. I think it would be fantastic. That would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable. I would Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce Boudreaux going on, on the on the angel side. And the angel, oh, that it would be, be unbelievable. I like what you're thinking. Huh? I like what you're thinking. I think that we should get onto that. I think that's, that would be a fantastic mic'd up. Wouldn't it? Because it would be, I it thought would of be. one thing before. I thought of one preseason game. You know, because we, we got the last say with the microphone. <laughs> Sometimes it's not yeah. fair for other people. What if a coach went between the benches 
for preseason or period, they got to analyze the coaching, everything that happens, and, be and we be as analysts get to go behind the bench and coach well, for one period. It would be great. It would be great. just even if I didn't get to coach. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be fun to do it. It would be fantastic to have the coach have to sit there and analyze and, and try and you yeah. know and, and keep everybody happy. Make keep everybody, keep everybody it's happy. It's a hard because, job. Oh, you got to be positive yeah. here. You got to say a lot, but you got to be credible. I love here. I love that. when we get a bunch of feedback on how you have to mm-hmm. you know Matt, you know you'll get done at NHL Network when we were there and you, you get done and, and I get a call from some some coach and uh, assistant yeah. coach that I played with your or buddies. whatever, one of your buddies. Yeah. What were you thinking Giving there? Giving you grief. What were you thinking <laughs> there? And I go, oh, yeah. And so you're a Boston fan. So today I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off Pittsburgh. And, and, and today it's Boston. You're happy with what I said. Tomorrow it's Pittsburgh yeah. that's mad at me. You know what? If you can tick off everybody, then you're doing your job. <laughs> well, that seems to be what people think, but we're actually just trying to be honest, and that's that's literally how it but goes. You, but you're right, though. It's it's it'd be, that'd be really cool. It, it would be a fantastic segment. It would be a great way for us to to integrate crossover to, crossover crossover sports. coach Co- crossover coach. We're trademarking it. That's ours. Nobody crossover can take coach. It. Nobody can take this on NHLpodcast.com. Okay, that's ours. And just understand, we're not we talking about dressing. <laughs> Just no, that's, that's, that's cross-dressing coach. What's this crossover cross coach? Crossover coach. But but the point that I so I, so so now, Bob Hartley, here's a guy that was coaching. It starts off slow. They're 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 stagnant. They're not they're not doing. They're not playing the game. The Flames are. They stick with their coach, and rightfully so. He yep. did a fantastic job yep. last year. Yeah. Now what do you see in trending? Well, I I see I see the little engine that could again. Yeah. That's what I see. I I, I see something. I, I've said this. Um, last year doing a feature on them and I, I had all video of of their 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 bench their coaches and I had um you know Martin Jelena was a big time player big yes, he time was. player he scored big he scored, goals he, he loved he big loved goal, the big hard goal, game yeah the, the hard, hard yeah, game right? exactly you know so you're talking about overtime in Vancouver uh in Calgary he a, he's a mini form of Claude, Claude Lemieux yeah you know what yeah you're right which without the other stuff that went along with it but um you know, he's he's kind of always with the players, and he's got them. And then Hartley's in the middle, and he, you know he's the head coach. So, you know, when he says something, that then you got Jacques Cloutier. Right. Cloutier's there. He's always a guy that's you know a half full positive guy, and they they don't go away. I know it must have been challenging for them. We saw them early in the year, and and you could feel it being challenging for them to try to get through it. And all of a sudden, they're on the bottom of the West, and it's. Man, they were below Edmonton, and they're below. I mean, Anaheim started out so so poorly, and and are in last place in the Western Conference. But Calgary then just could, they just kind of okay, here we go again, yeah. and we're gonna put the work boots on again, and we're gonna do the, those things again. And and you know what? Chris Russell scored a beauty the other night, didn't he? He scores some great goals. Doesn't what he? a player! And he's small man, guy with man. a with a he huge led, chart. Led the league in block shots last led year with nine billion. And 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 I'm telling you right now, he is in a position to there where. They need him to eat up minutes and play that way. And mm-hmm. when you look at his stature, you'd be like, "There's no way that a kid can survive being that small, playing those minutes." Yeah. And the way that he plays, I know it's amazing to me that uh, uncanny that, hockey sense. Absolutely, is he from Western right. Canada? Yeah. Oh, he's a little shoot! Cowboy here we go Alberta. again. Oh, yeah. he's a little calf. Oh, his dad. His dad was one of Red the riders. Deer. Red Deer. His dad was the guy on the. Yeah. On, uh, yeah. what, his what? dad was a was a, a professional famous rodeo clown. I was gonna say. Okay, I was gonna say clown. Well, you're a professional clown. <laughs> We're professional clowns. They're a professional they're, rodeo clown. It's exactly right. Yeah, that's, you gotta be that's a great tough. athlete to be. You gotta be an unbelievable be athlete, and you gotta be tough. Yeah. And it certainly is. 
Well, let's switch gears here when we uh, okay. a little bit and uh, get into this. Uh, fruit I'm going to have another coffee then. Why Does that sound good? All right. I'm going to have this thing with some suds in it. You go ahead. Um, <laughs> but, but here we are. We're talking a little bit about free agency. And some of it is unrestricted and some of it's restricted. But $152 million divvied up to Buffalo and Ladd and Truba. Now, whether that's true or not, mm-hmm. can teams really afford to be paying a guy like Andrew Ladd $6 million? And I'm an Andrew Ladd fan, but yeah, I'm just so asking. Am so am I. But here, here's, here's my theory on it. You have three players, okay? And it's uh, obviously it's not we're not running that franchise. There's enough pressure on Kevin Chevaldeoff and Mark Chipman and that whole group. No but, question. you know, I think the teams that have success going forward, Chaser, are the teams that um, cut the cord and move along. And there are going to be times where you don't get assets back. That's the day and age of this of, of, of is, where yeah. we are, you know? Um, we've got 26- and 27-year-old unrestricted free agents like Steven Stamkos. We've got really productive players. A guy like Dustin Bufflin and, and Andrew Ladd, they have many good years ahead of them. I just don't see really good being years. able to give Dustin I mean, Bufflin term be, well, based upon... Some so, of his habits, sure. some of his habits, you know, and, and, and that's a fair statement. So, does, Buff's so, not exactly buffed. Yeah, okay, so let's say you cut the cord on something. You, you just move along. Right. And I think what happened in, in Winnipeg, this is just my observations, that it, it, it comes out now, yeah. and it's all out there for everybody to look at. Right. And now the fans actually have a, they get to decide a little bit. Sure. You're going to have to make a decision. You're not keeping them off. You're, you're going to, what if Jacob Trouba, what if you decide that Jacob Trouba is the guy that you want to keep and he's a restricted free agent, and he, and he, doesn't want to resign there. Right. But you let go of, let's say, Lad. You say no to Bufflin. You're banking everything on Truba, and maybe he doesn't want to stay there. Uh oh. Well, well, I think <laughs> what'll happen is, is a guy that's restricted mm-hmm. will end up getting tied up. Then you know what you have to spend. You I mean, can't go make... anywhere, so you own you own that. Right. You control, own that asset. But 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 then then it gives you the ability to take and. It gives you the ability to take and see what you have for your marketplace, and we've we've seen it, um, you know, over and over with certain teams that say we have a budget and this is how we're going to make it work. Yeah, you have to. It, it's becoming a tier, much like basketball, where six players get paid all the money and the rest of the guys get paid in the bottom. And the, that middle chunk of salary, the player that's making a million and a half to three million, he goes away. It becomes the six and five million dollar men and above. And it becomes the five hundred thousand dollars, six hundred fifty thousand dollars. I got him on a PTO. You're going to see more PTOs, uh, player trial contracts, yeah. next year than you've ever seen in the National Hockey League. Because the guys used to wait until November for pl- management to see, okay, we got a couple injuries, uh, and our minor league player isn't quite ready. Now guys are realizing I got to get to camp and get skating and get up to speed. So I'm not going to sit at home and be behind the eight ball because I want to earn another contract. I think I can play two more years. Mm-hmm. So let's get up to speed. So the Scotty Upshaws, the Scotty Gomez's, um, Zubras, Havlet, the guys that were in St. Louis that we know of, that, that they're going to get to camp and get skating. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. And so there's going to be more and more teams saying, let's wait. Let's sign a guy for 750 rather than a million and a half. And as Kenny Holland likes to use the word, they're, puck kill, or they're uh, clock killers. Yeah. So they're going to be out there and they're going to try and give you anywhere from you know, four to ten goals, and, and let's yeah. just pick your poison. Yeah. I have and four I to have, ten minutes. Hey, look, I have eight hundred thousand bucks for you right today. Do you want it? Because if you don't, I'll the next phone else. call is to this guy, who plays a lot like you. Yeah. Okay. You got twenty four hours. Yep. Next question. Right. You know what? It was uh, Doug Armstrong made fun of this name himself actually, but his new nickname is is six hundred two hundred. 
No, that's but it's true. Yeah, because he, he he got he, players he got on players to play even, on even last contracts. year. He got Chris Butler right on a six hundred, two hundred, right. or something like that. Right, and then uh, then he signed a one one way. Yeah, and but then, Chris uh, had opportunity to sign in Montreal, and he chose yeah. to sign in yeah. in St. Louis. And uh, and now you got Upshaw, and right. you got Gomer, and you yeah. got Havlet retired after one Two games. one game and four minutes probably. Yeah, yeah, six minutes. Something like that. There's some people that maybe thought that was longer than we thought we were going to get out of them. So, <laughs> in any event, uh, we're going to be back here in a minute. Well, what do we call us? If, if if Army can take that name and 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 he 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 liked that name. I think he liked that reputation of going six hundred two hundred. What are we? We're 40, Ooh, 40 over ten. Forty ten. We're three hundred across the board. <laughs> like it or not. <laughs> you got to hey, you got to renegotiate this podcast thing. And I'm not making enough. <laughs> Sorry, I did that. that that's right, you did that. that. That's all right. We're, we're, I, I did we're it gonna, to get in. I know. So we got the free, like we got free microphones. Hey, I like it. I like right. it. We're going to be back in a minute here on NHLpodcast.com. Jason Pucks with Panger at Panger40 at JasonPucks39 on your Twitter handle. We'll be back in a minute with our calls of the week. Hey guys, it's the Ocho Man with the show Ocho Man Behind the Eight Ball. What can I say? This show covers it all from sports, politics, whatever's out there of interest. We cover it all. Our co-host, we got Darman. I definitely feel that he's got a bomb shelter somewhere with right wingers hanging out, ready to take over the world. And on the other end here, I got uh, Nick. Uh, Nick's an alien. I really believe that Nick landed on this planet. Uh, re-educate us all you might say again check our show out every friday i'm sure you'll love it also to find out more about our show go to ochoman.com i'm sure you won't be disappointed real bad love that's a cock in my hand did you see the santa claus school in new york no, there's a santa there's claus a santa there should be a santa claus school Where you learn how to be a santa yeah, claus you gotta exactly be an alcoholic <laughs> You know how many, like, that's 75% yeah. of all of them are, are drunks. And I think the rest of them are pedophiles. This, what? Santa oh, Claus? No. And some are both. You hey, want kids sitting on, on your lap, you're you're a little screwy. Yeah, you're a little screwy. You're by yourself. You know, you don't have a kid. Yeah, wait, a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What I do to great. myself wait is my own business. I, 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 I got to defend him for a second. sitting on Santa. Man, you know out of 100 of them, Ocha, there's two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, sure. Just by statistic. <laughs> well, just got, like Jared. I Jared, got, uh, what's his name? Fogel. That, that who is would, not who a fucking know, Santa Claus, Who would have thought, thought, you know? What an idiot, that guy. He's got the world, you know? He and had three, the world. Free sub sandwiches all his life, too. <laughs> <laughs> what a lucky <laughs> guy. What a, what a guy. He's yeah, living yeah, the boy. life of uh, Subway. Cutting to the middle. Dropped it off for Skinner. Back for Rask. He couldn't come up with it. It's for a check. The other way, two on one with Gostisbehere. If they make it, Orchak to Gostisbehere. They do. Gostisbehere scores. His third overtime game winner. Flyers win the game 4-3. Tied up with Stamkos. Slots one for Nemestikov. Beautiful passing. Oh, tremendous stop by Grubauer. <laughs> Real. That's a game saver from Gruby. Oh, she accelerates down the wing. Drives and scores. And brilliance! And now Clay Gustafsson. 
In deep for Tarasenko. To Steen, back to Tarasenko. Back is in front. Then a shot. It's Now, back to Jason Bart with Panger on the Lineup Media Group Podcast Network. Those are our calls of the week. And They're good ones, huh? They're good ones. Yeah. And my buddy here, Darren yeah, Pang, had a great opportunity to sit down and talk with, well, arguably the best goaltender in the league. Um, the numbers speak for themselves. Hall of Famer, soon to be. Martin Brodeur, and that was quite an interview, Panger. Let's, I want to listen in yeah. on what you got with Marty Brodeur. Here we go. Well, back here on Chasing Pucks with Panger on our NHLpodcast.com, uh, the future Hall of Famer. Marty Brodeur is our guest. This is a, a real scientific award-winning program. You know that, huh, Marty? I've heard a lot of good things about it. A lot it. of um, Emmy Award winners, uh, Gemini Award winners, and, and now you're on there. So you have a stamp. So you get to come on. Yeah, that's what we figured. All right. Well, that's good. <laughs> Only so many guys get the stamp. and. Uh, Listen, get, let's get us an update here on, your, on year one. You just finished. It was a year ago that you finished with the pads. And how you how you doing now and how are you enjoying this part of it? It's been great. You know, I think uh, I've played hockey for, for a long time. Uh, it was kind of time for me to retire and uh, definitely enjoying myself. Uh, spend a little more time with the family. But, you know, I was able to stay in the, in the game. And that was one thing that was important to me. And uh, it's been working out real well. A lot of guys, when they, when they finish a career like yours, Marty, just so long and and uh, so successful, and then, but they want to get away from it for a little bit. You've seen a lot of guys do that, and then years later they want to get back into it, but then they're far away from it, and it's harder to get back in. Is that one of the reasons why you wanted to stay connected immediately? Yeah, you know, I, I've, I was fortunate to play different, uh, through different eras and different way of playing the game, and, um, you know, you leave for a couple of years, and the league is totally different, especially now. Um, you know, players are, you know, there are a lot of changes in, in, in players around the league, and and just as as a guy that wants to learn the game, it's kind of nice to be able to help out the organization by knowing a little bit what you know the product is out there. Mm-hmm. But if you leave for a few years, next thing you know, you have no clue who the guy is. The guy, the kids in the minors, the draft picks coming up, um, and so for me to you know have the chance to jump in right away, my input is kind of pretty good just because I've played against most of the guys that are still in the league. But you know, in two years, there'll be a huge turnaround. So that's why. I uh, wanted to jump in, and again, I didn't want to be bored either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boredom, boredom's not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, you've got a you've got a young son living here in St. Louis. He's into hockey now. Uh, and, okay, I saw a little quick video. You can let the people know. Is goaltending gonna be in his future? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> did, did 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 he really want my goalie pads from my playing days? Yeah, they were about the same size, actually. Yeah, you're right. Twenty-seven inches. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't convince him to play forward. Uh, you know he might be, but you know I wanted him to try for a couple t- for a couple practices and a couple games, and he's enjoying it. You know he's got two of his uh, older brothers that are goalies, so yeah. I'm sure it's gonna. It, you know, it's not about that. It's about his brother right now. <laughs> oh, that's good work. Hey, give us an update on the on the boys. Well, the boys are doing well. Um, Anthony is uh, he's playing in the BCHL up in uh, Penticton, uh, British Columbia. Um, I was having a pretty good record right now. He's uh, 17-0-1. Uh, he's playing with a pretty good powerhouse in, uh, you know, for the V's up there. And uh, you get two kids that will probably be in the top 15 uh, pick in the, in the draft. Really? And, uh, Tyson, Joyce, and Dante Fabro. Um, so, you know, he's having fun playing with these guys. And 
Uh, he's a little away from home, so it's kind of hard. But yeah. you know, we we talk to him a lot. Uh, but he's twenty years old, so it's okay for him to be away. He can handle it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's worse places to be than there. That's yeah. a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, that's what I say. I haven't been yet. Oh. So hopefully, I'll make a trip there. Uh, after probably the a golf year. trip when the weather gets nice. That's the place to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy's in in Oshawa. Yeah. Uh, you know, last year they they won the Memorial Cup. Uh, in the Canadian League there, and um, you know he's doing well. He's playing a lot of hockey. His team, you know, this year is not as as good as as they were a year ago. Uh, he's getting a lot more work. So as a goalie, it's always good. Give us a give us an, give us your thoughts on on a couple of things goalie wise. So yeah, you're watching goalies now. Is there such thing as a butterfly goalie anymore? Brian Elliott and I were talking about. It. He says like everybody kind of does this similar things, but. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you have goalies that are, are not as athletic, and I think you see you see the big difference between goalies that are really athletic and, you know, just go back at, at the game last night, you had two goalies that were really, really good athletes yeah. in the net facing each other. And you're going to go and you're going to watch games, and, you know, guys are not as strong or, you know, they're not as mobile, and so they utilize a little more of the butterfly, but again, it's more of a blocking style that they have and you know they try to cover and play the percentages more than anything uh but there's different goalies out there you know but a lot of goalies are really similar in, in the way that they move uh they move around the net back then we had to get up to move somewhere now these guys are just staying on their knees and, and pushing off and you know the way the pads are made the way now the new skates are out this year uh makes a total different in the way to play the game it, in in the game uh against nashville you're talking about um there was a there was a high flipper that uh, Jake Allen. He wasn't sure if he could take it on the first hop or he ha if he had to glove it before it hit the ice. And, uh, is that uh, that's kind of a unique situation? But he's uh, he's shown that he's got those instincts. Uh, well, exactly. You know, again, you're not going to make the proper decision at all times, but it's how you adjust to the situation that's going to you know kind of you know help you making a save or making the right decision. And um, you know, you could tell he was in between. And, you know. And again, you know, probably his hand should have been maybe uh, palm up instead of palm down <laughs> when you try to catch a puck like that. But you know what? He got it done, and uh, the arm was done. <laughs> That's interesting. Are you uh, you 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 watch all around the league? We've had a couple of goalies with with concussions. Andrew Hammond. We've had a couple of guys that just been dinged up there. And then I watch other goalies that they actually take pucks off the head. Is, did you ever do that? Uh, you know, I've done a couple of times that on purpose. Okay. Uh, on, on purpose, yeah, on purpose, I kind of hit it off with my head. Really? Uh, but most of the time, I try to get out of the way. These or things catch hurts, it. or catch it. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, again, the, the you know a lot a lot of things is it's looking at the puck trying to hit you. That's you know that that's how you control your game. It's hard to to look somewhere and the puck hits you and. You know, and you're going to try to put it in the corner or put or give the rebound to one of your defensemen. It's really hard to do when you don't have the awareness of knowing where the puck's going to hit your body. Yeah. And sometimes with you know, a shot in the head, like it, most of the time it's because you didn't see it. Yeah. Or you're not even trying to see it and, and it hits you. And trust me, you know, I, I got a few hard shots, you know, through through my career and in the in the face mask. Uh, they're, they're not fun. No, they're, they're not fun at all. If I would have tried that... And it would have went over my head and in the net. I would have been in a lot of trouble. I would have been ridiculed for the six hole. It's a good chance. Yeah. Our, our guest right now is Marty Brodeur and chasing pucks with Panger on at NHLpodcast.com. It's, it's an award-winning podcast. So download it. Do yourself a favor. It's good hockey talk as we head into the Christmas holidays. Um, you had 125 career shutouts. It's been much documented. That's in the regular season, right? Yeah. 
that you've had, that's 125 more than I ever had. Your last, your, is your last, was your last game against Colorado, you shut them out? Yeah. So you get that puck, you get another, and that's it. That's it. That's a lot, no. <laughs> I have no more room anyway. I was looking at some numbers. You know what? From the age of 35 to 42, when you ended, your save percentage at even strength was no worse than 915. The best was 937 at that age. And I think your worst was in 12, and you went to the Stanley Cup final that year. So you picked up steam along the way. Yeah. That's remarkable. I mean, numbers that they never faltered. From 35, 36, 37, they were right up there between you know 937 and 941. And then they were right around 915, 917 the whole way after that. Uh, that, that's one thing throughout my career I wanted to, to be. It's like uh, try to be even keel about the way I played, uh, really uh, being consistent. Um, and through my stats, you could tell it's just because I played a lot of games. So for me, I, there's periods of the season that weren't that great. But, you know, I was able to kind of muster a couple weeks or maybe a month or two that I played really, really well. And so everything averages out to be pretty good stats. And again, like later on in my career when I didn't play as much, that's where I think it was a little harder for me to get that momentum because I've played for so long uh, and played so many games every single season that kind of I was used to play a certain way and that adjustment, uh, especially doing it when you're 41, 42, makes it a little harder to, to you know, to be on top of where, where you used to be. Is this right? For 14 years? And I don't have stats in front of me. You can even tell the people. I don't yeah, even have stats in front stats. of me. He's just but filling is it? Is it about 14 years of 70 or more games? Yeah, it sounds about right. Right? Yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've played a lot of games. I'm fortunate to... What was the most? I think 78. Could you have played 82? Oh, yeah. Easily. That was my Did dream. You, uh, yeah. Did asked, you beg for 82? They figure, like, give me that four days off would have made it a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You had been the only one in the history of the game yeah, to do that. Yeah, I've, I've tried. I've tried really hard with my goalie coaches and stuff. And, and there's years I was healthy the whole year. I mean, most of the years, like, I didn't, didn't get injured much. So, uh, you know, I was fortunate. But there's years that definitely I could have played all, you know, all 82 would have been great. Freaking nature. It's like Chelios. He, he just, he begged to play 60 minutes in a game. And, and I bet he could have. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, huh? yeah. Manage it right. Unless you get back-to-back penalty kills or five-on-threes yeah. against, then you're going to be yeah. out of gas. But in those in those proper moments, yeah. you wonder. Yeah, you wonder why. I, I like the coaches too that know the bonuses. They know where your bonuses are. Now it's different because yeah. there are no bonuses. But back then there were bonuses. Yeah. And if you know yeah. the bonuses, who's got the bonuses? Let's get them out on the ice and let's give them yeah, a chance. That's one thing they didn't have to worry about that in New Jersey because uh, Lou didn't really uh, care much about uh, personal bonuses. Yeah. So we never had to deal with uh, with things like that. Guys getting 30 goals or so many games. That was just not involved. He didn't want that to impair you know, coaching decision or even his decision on, on how to utilize uh, some of the players on the team. So did you guys five five game segments or 10 game segments we, or defensive? Yeah, we, you know, Jacques Lemaire came in in, in uh, 93, 94 and he came with this great bonus plan and it was all about defense. Nice. Yeah, and... Uh, Great being a goalie. Yeah, huh? <laughs> exactly. You, know, you, you had guys when uh, you know we had the kind of a good bonus for shutouts, and and telling you it was five minutes left. Didn't matter if it was five nothing. I had four guys blocking shots in front of me. You know they wanted that bonus. You know, and uh, you definitely have to give a lot of credit to some of the shutouts that I got because these guys really sacrificed themselves. You know, like you know, like you get a shutout, 
you know, most of the time it's not just you. Yeah. It's it's the p- people around you. Now they pay a price to defend, and uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to play on teams like that. Can you imagine a team setting up bonuses for just purely offensive numbers? Yeah. How dangerous that would be. <laughs> yeah, <big time>. <laughs> <laughs> Score ten. We're gonna give you a little bonus here. <laughs> oh man, you're. Uh, you got any other endeavors going on? You you got the stamp. The, the stamp is is that yeah. is that uh, been something that's been pretty neat for you? <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been awesome. You know, I, I think I see it when I'm in Canada. They, yeah. they do the commercials all the time, and it's really cool. Yeah, you know, it, was, it came out of out of the blue a little bit. You know, especially with with kind of the line the lineup of goalies are, are definitely guys that, that mark you know the their the you know the world of hockey with their careers, but they're definitely a little bit older than me, and so for me to to be involved with all these guys was uh, quite an honor um, and again you know like being from Canada and you're on a stamp like okay, pretty cool you're on pretty a stamp cool forever stuff. I'd rather be on that stamp than the Corey Hirsch stamp in Sweden where Forsberg beat him with the one hand on a stick in the Olympics yeah I know that's so uh, Hershey gets yeah, the bad stamp yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that's out of Sweden <laughs> <laughs> are you surprised I and, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we've got we've got a lot of Canadian uh, listeners downloaders um, on our podcast chasing pucks with Panger here because uh, it's becoming such a phenomenon or, or I say it is anyway um, but the Lou Marsh Award in Canada uh, doesn't obviously doesn't get a lot of play here in, in, the, in the United in the United States but I was looking it over because Carey Price ended up winning it and I made a point on the air on on, on Sportsnet that um, I'm trying to look for my now I am looking at notes here to be quite honest with you but I was looking at the previous winners and he's the first goalie to win it and and I pulled out like some stats. I'm like, well, why, why wouldn't uh, like between Ken Dryden and Jacques Plante and yourself and Patrick Waugh and uh, you know like there's so many great Canadian goaltenders that never won it. I hate to say it, never heard of that award. Oh, you didn't. No. <laughs> Well, I, I, I don't you care only, price. I don't care price wanted lately. You only know the awards that you win. That's why Vezina. <laughs> okay, I I do have. But the I'm sure it's a point of an honor to to be uh, to be named with that uh, that 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 award. That's for sure. Yeah, well, that, that you really put that in perspective. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. If you if you had a choice. If you had a choice on a break, well, I'm going to segue into something completely different here. Is before I let you go, I know you got to watch the Blues skate and evaluate some of the action out there. Um, if you had a choice between a big moment, would it be a two-pad stack, um, giving the glove and taking away, or or a poke check? Wow, these are my three favorite ones, so that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> like it's Merry Christmas yeah. time, it's Happy Holidays. You, 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 I got one move for you. You know what? I, I, if the guy comes down the wing, it's getting a little pressure from the D, and he's trying to cut across. Oh, I, I would love, love to poke check him. Um, probably the one of the last one that I did was on uh, with Marin Gabrick in the playoffs, and I missed my poke check, and he tried to flip it, and I kind of extended my my legs back, and I kicked the puck. Uh, these makes it for a spectacular yeah. saves. I think the fans loves it. Uh, you look you look like a fool when you miss it. <laughs> you look great when you when, and that's that's what hockey's all about. You know, it's it's playing the game of hockey and try to surprise somebody. And I would think the poke check. You know, you're the one that's easy. You just you could do it all the time. But poke check, you really have to have your timing right to do. That's a phenomenal answer. I'm really glad because uh, one of my more most iconic pictures that I have. It's signed by Wayne Gretzky. And I've got him on the poke check, a left-hand shot coming down my right side, and he's cutting back to his, I've got him. And there's this picture, 
He's about an inch from my stick. He turns on a dime, goes the other way, and scores short, on the short side on me. He gave me the nine of hearts. Uh. So I'm glad you said that. You've timed them great throughout your unbelievable career, and I'm glad you said that. So Marty, there's no awards or prizes for coming on our program. Though. I'm, a, I'm sorry about that. But you know what I'm going to do? We're going to play some golf at the club, and I'll buy the first round. Sounds good. Does that sound or, good? Or just give me maybe one or two Couple, shots. Uh, no, no, no. Whoa, We're not whoa, negotiating whoa. shots. Okay? No <laughs> shots whatsoever. Okay, how's that sound? All right, that's good enough. <laughs> we have some great matches. There's no there's no doubt. We're on the best of like 900 right now, and it always goes to the 18th hole. But uh, thanks, big guy. All right, Happy thanks. holidays to you. I Pleasure uh, joining us here on Chasing Pucks with Panger on NHLpodcast.com. We'll be back in just one moment. Hey everyone, this is Sean Wheelock with Big John McCarthy. We do Let's Get It On podcast every week for Lineup Media Group. This week, John, we will talk about the main event from UFC 194, Conor McGregor's devastating first-round knockout win over Jose Aldo, which you refereed. Learn a little bit about what actually happened, see about the backstage, how the guys were, and what happened inside the ring. If you listen to our show, Sean, you'll get the inside of what it's like to be actually in the cage at times you'll learn what the guys are like and you'll learn what guys can really do and what they can't that's what we're all about and let's get it on that's big john mccarthy i'm sean wheelock join us for this week's edition of let's get it on podcast first available on friday from lineupmediagroup.com check it out What was the scene like in the Aldo dressing room and what was the scene like in the McGregor dressing room when you did your respective fighter meetings? And did you get that feeling that it was Conor McGregor's night? You know, the one thing that I felt you know, when, I, when I went to you know, Jose's uh, dressing room, he's getting his hands wrapped by his you know, trainer, Andre Pettineris. I had Andre kind of stop because I also had the executive director, uh, Bob Bennett, and the chair of the Nevada State Athletic Commission with me because they wanted to you know, listen to fighter instructions they wanted to make sure that they knew everything that was said so if someone something happens along the way they knew exactly what was told to the fighter and uh you know jose was relaxed he was you know see now he was listening nothing real special in his room but when you went to connor's when i went when i went to connor's connor was actually uh working and helping gunner nelson get ready for his fight he was warming him up and when i started talking to him connor stood there you know, and looked at me and answered everything that I would talk about. Yes, sir. You know, just absolutely 100% confident. What an interview with Marty. Oh, my goodness, buddy. That was awesome. That's awesome did you, to did, listen to. Did you think that's what he was going to pick of all the saves? No, I did not. Yeah. But you know what? I love did it. Did you? You know, I was hoping, because I was a big poke check know, guy, big poke check well, guy. Well, Off the wing, a left-hand shot coming down my right side, so coming down the left wing, head down, bringing it to his backhand, and zoom, zap him one. Like that, except that I got a pitcher, and I was saying, I was saying I, on the, I, I thought the two pad, the double the two, pads. Double pad or two. Just, I, I just figured that, yeah. being that, you know, being that he was a guy that would use his athleticism, and he was kind of a little bit all over, I thought he'd want the big slide across and boom get it out there and the two pads it. stack with the glove save on top the, you know it's like we're talking dessert here I know <laughs> just, I'm getting hungry it's like a latte all of, all of the all of the uh, grande latte with the two pad stack and the glove up high Muffy that'd be super <laughs> 
right, hey, I, you know what name I always use? Speaking Muffet. of Starbucks. Muffet. No. You know what I use? Uh-uh. Always you know the same uh, name place. No one can spell Darren. It's a bad name. Darian, Darren, whatever. Jack Bauer. Oh yeah, it's I know. Good. Jack Bauer. Ja- uh, Jack Bauer. It's always good. Uh, <laughs> People like that. Uh, I'm, I think I'm not gonna come up with one. I gotta come up with a good one. Okay. You have no chance of coming up with anything better than what I just had. Oh yeah, Jack Bauer, I like that. What about Denny Crane? Denny Crane! That'd be a good one. That's a good one, that's a good one. All right, our tweet of the week, here it is. Uh, Magnus PRV tweeted, Christmas came early. My dad has been told he doesn't need any more treatments and his cancer is beaten. Now, I don't think you can get a better text message out there than what Magnus PRV sent out there across the wire and what a, here's a kid dealing with the situation with his family. You're fully aware of that. You, you know, you're going through a little yourself with uh, your family. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it uplifts the spirit to hear that a guy has, has been able to um, know and refresh and focus on his game knowing that his, that his dad's okay, you know? Yeah. You know, like, and at this time of the year, too, you want to hear some good news. You want to hear some good cheer. Um, And for me, that was no question in my mind the best tweet of the week. I I love it. And his hashtag was proud son with a, you know, with the The, uh, the, muscle. The bicep. The bicep. And, you know, Gunner, um, it's always been Magnus Perry Spencer, you know, and he had to cut it short. Right. You know, not taking the hyphenated. uh, last name and his his dad Gunner is an agent to many top players in the league. Right. Like he's a well known hockey guy. He's, I follow him on Twitter. I can't speak Swedish, as you well know. Sometimes at night, late, yeah, I talk I've Swedish. Heard you, I've heard you. I, I've heard you talk Swedish. As a matter of fact, I remember a, a time in Vancouver where you was trying to speak Swedish and you just looked up and said, uh, uh, "I'm going back to the room." Now that was what we did understand out of you. We did understand it's time for me to go. Yeah, I, uh, I I've done that on occasion. Sometimes it's Irish, sometimes yeah. it's Scottish. It was definitely Swedish. It's, it's, it was definitely it was Swedish. Swedish. So yeah. so um, so Gunner understands that I can't read Swedish, but I can certainly speak it. And uh, so I, I found he's he's always on the road too. You know what? I bet his strength of, of traveling and loving the game of hockey, keeping that energy up, yeah. when battling cancer and going through everything, yeah. is probably uplifting. Like it gets you off of the normal stuff. Normal people can't go to a hockey rink and travel and watch and, and keep energetic like that, you know? Right. So anyway, great stuff, Magnus. So we call him uh, Magnum P.I. And uh, Magnum P.I. is one of the really good kids out there. And everybody cheers for him. And so now we've uh, we've got that. So that's a great tweet. And that's it. That's at MPS underscore 91. And he's got all those dots on top of the Pierre-V as well on his yeah. Twitter. I've got Swedish for Pierre-V. Pajarvi. Pajarvi. That's what it says, yeah. yeah. That's okay. what it is. It's Pajarvi. Yeah. Yeah. We might need Gunnar to represent that, us. He, he might. might yeah. He might be good. We could be big in Sweden. Yeah. He'll be back calling the guys at Mind uh, <laughs> Up Media say, hey, yeah. let's, uh, let's get on these guys. Let's, let's, let's renegotiate. Let's renegotiate. It's time. We're that, we're that player. Yeah. We're that player, folks. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Chasing Pucks with Panger here on NHLpodcast.com. Hey, everybody. This is Matt Geiger from the You're on the Clock podcast. And if you love football the way I do, but hate hearing about the -the off-the-field drama that ESPN reports every day, then you need to go to ontheclockpodcast.com as part of Lineup Media Group. We give you the best football content every week, and we don't talk about any off-field drama. 
And we also do a DraftKings contest weekly where the top two players get to take home some money. So that's once again on theclockpodcast.com. Come check us out and let us know what you think. You're listening to Jason Pang on NHLpodcast.com. Dude, really? Our segment, dude, really? Yeah, this, it's up. This it's sponsored up. by Brett Hull. <laughs> Jason Bucks and Panger back at you here. Our dude, really segment uh, coming up in. And listen, I made a comment last week. And of course, I hear back from. Are you in hot water again? Yeah, there's a bunch of whining about these analytics guys because I made the comment about the guy in his socks in the basement that, you know, has all this loaded with information. Um, Why would you go there? None of it useful. Not none of it useful. That's not. I. I because, because I truly don't believe that you can measure that much about a team sport by the analytics. I know you don't agree with me, but I'm, uh, that's all. No, I, I actually, actually, I don't not. I don't not agree. I think there's a time. I think there's a useful place for analytics. I, I actually do. I've become that, that guy, when you're talking about, um, certain parts of the ice. I'm explain not. I'm not yourself. talking about the the heart and soul of a player. Right. Because that's but the part that you yourself. can't find. Well, for example, and I'll look at it right now. Because I, I do have some tie-ins with the analytics prepared. people here. We go. here. He's prepared, See? folks. So, if for, as an example, there's a creating offensive zone time. Okay, I'm talking about uh, this is an example of the Vancouver Canucks. Okay, they're not doing very well right now. Is that correct? Correct. Struggling. Okay, they are 19th in offensive zone possession time. All right. They're 28th in offensive zone loose puck recoveries. If you're a team that's 28th in the NHL in offensive zone loose puck recoveries, can't you work with that? Isn't that a telltale sign of something that you are deficient in? But what the hell do you have to look at numbers for to know that you, you, you spend too much time in, the other, in your own end? What does it tell you about a player? It, it, it tells you about the group. It tells you again, that you're not well, working on the same. You're not working on the right things. It tells you that you again. Uh, their record tells you that they're not spending enough time. I mean, <laughs> I don't need somebody to give me a number about the possession time. Okay. Oh, great! This so the time that has great possession time, the team that does. So here's here's a newsflash for you. I bet Dallas is near the top. <laughs> I don't. Have they don't that. just fly in over the blue line, <laughs> score a goal, and go back to their end and defend. I, I don't have Dallas here in my little notes. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's that's. But but listen to me. This is my point with analytics. Now I'm not Charles Barkley. Where I, which, no, no, listen, and, you, and you shouldn't be. Listen, that's... listen. I love it. I love that Charles Barkley is the way he is. I love what he says about. Yeah. But but here here's something you can't you can't tell. Okay. Is there is there some reason why? Let's just assume tonight I'm playing against every night I played against the third or fourth line players. Okay. Yes. Unless we're on the road and they try to get the first line out, of, yes. and I had a few seconds against but let's them say that. at home, and your coach gets the last change, and and you're going out okay. against. I go out against your that guy, peers, okay, your guys. Okay, I want to know how can you measure how uncomfortable it is to play against Zadino Chara every every night. So your numbers pop when you're not playing against them, and then and then I'm going to say, well, here's another stat for you. This guy hasn't got a point against Zadino Chara from it. I watched the game. I get that. Yeah. I know when somebody's got poopy pants in the corner against another player. Like yeah. you know what I mean. So my point is, is that 
I, I don't, analytics are great for, for, I guess not great, they're good for giving you some information on who does little things or whatever. But when you start having the matchup and knowing that Cody McLeod is a miserable guy to play with and it's no fun for me to match up against him when I'm in Colorado, don't tell me and give me an overall view of how I played this season on an analytic on an analytics chart when I know damn well if I had to play against him every night my numbers would be different. Okay, now what about what about analytics in in in, uh, in getting the value of a player? For example, your coach is good at hiding a player, right? So you're hiding a player at home. You get the last change. You boost up his numbers. Okay, another team doesn't look at that part, and you make that trade based on you 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 you're fighting the fight with me right you're fighting the fight you're you're telling me what i know mm-hmm. you're t- you need numbers to tell you you you're getting the matchup you want at the face off dot in other words yeah. the only time this guy goes on the ice is in the offensive zone mm-hmm. and then do you think maybe his offensive zone time is going to be a little higher than the guy that goes out mm-hmm. to defend all Unless the time the sentiment can't win a face off but, but that's yes the, but that's the point yeah. so so like so that's great you got you got a player you're talking about how much offensive time he spends in his own end yeah because the coach doesn't trust him in his own, no. or, or, or in the other end of the ice. Well, the tr- coach doesn't trust him down in his end, so he's got to get him on the ice. So his eight minutes are played mm-hmm. in front of third line players in the offensive zone, and then Junior see, from New do, York see, sat in the you, basement yeah, with you, a computer you, you, you and did you know all that stuff. See that you do know analytics then, and you use them. I, I know the analytics say this guy spends a lot of time in his own end. I'm watching the game and using my head, saying, "Yeah, the reason he does is because of this." Because the analytics doesn't show you that he's never in his own well, end. Well, okay, let's let's break it down again. You have to watch when, the player I, I and totally know of the character that. of the player yeah, to judge the player from I, analytics. I, I totally agree with that. When when a team is about to make a trade or or they're about to determine it, they don't send the analytics guy there to watch no. that guy. They they send the general manager, their head head pro scout their next head pro scout, and then they watch that player, and then they determine whether or not they want that player or not. Baseball, when you have individual, an individual game stats, on yep. the, on base percentage, Hitter, all that. batter. I get it, yep. okay? In this game where there's so many moving parts, you yep. have to do so many things, and the dynamics of your matchups and who you put them against are so different, then, listen to me, I've said this before, you're most qualified to be a general manager the first day you retire. Mm-hmm. And I know general managers scoff at that, and general managers that well, did at least, at least to begin the process of being a, like to, to to get. I'm not talking about sitting in the room and knowing the law, the law, of the land, the rules of the and the, and the of engagement the of how to make it work. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you were looking at strictly a player, mm-hmm. the day you retire, you are the best judge of whether or not that okay. guy's a hard guy to play against, or he's easy to play against, or where he's good and where he's bad. That's why most of them end up being pro scouts right away. Which Correct. you're 100 percent right, and, and do a great job of it, and yeah. which. The more things that you've done in your life, the easier it is. I want a general manager. I want my boss, okay? I want my boss who's running my construction company mm-hmm. to have had his hand on the spade at one point. Do you so, understand so what I'm saying? my son that tried that for, for your buddy, But that's a lesson. Yeah. He learned a lesson. Yeah, that he can't do He would it. never know. <laughs> but if he was running the company now, he would know how hard it was, correct? Yes, that's for sure. My point is, is that don't dilute intelligence with experience. I oh, like that. Wow. Did you just make that up? I did. No, you didn't. I did so. Well, if I were you, I'd write it down. Well, 
No, you're going to forget it. Write it down. Here's the pen. Okay. Don't dilute. All right, I got it. Okay. Folks, oh, listen. Hold on. I got one. I got before okay, you go well, on this. I'm sorry. I got a test for you. Only because it's a I'm scared. No, it's a, it's an analytics test. You're going to like this. Oh, good. Who is first in the NHL in even strength possession time? This is a tough question. This is a first in the NHL overall. In in in. And they're also the second lowest in defensive zone turnover rate. I have no idea. Detroit Red Wings are first in even strength possession. It says so right in my notes here, bud. I've got them right here. <laughs> Don't you like that? What, what does that make them? They're first in possession driving plays. They're second in defensive zone passing success rate. This is awesome. Look, look at the reading material I've got here. You, got, you just got your brain. So what you're doing is basically killing time on the air. <laughs> Giving people a bunch of useless information. No, I don't have time that for any, that. Either. Anybody could like read. No, we're reading it to them right now or on the air. I am because I'm having fun when with you, this. When now. I know for sure. No, because I knew you were going on this. When you so for I prepared sure, for yeah, this. I know. You, just when I get... know for sure that you have intelligent <laughs> thoughts, that you've actually been on the ice yeah. and you could explain to them. I can't. I do that all the time. Oh, I just, okay. Right. I, you know, I, I have. See, I already forgot what I, I have said. I know. I haven't won any. I know you can't remember the quote. It was like. <laughs> Folks, it's another edition of Chasing Pucks with Panger. Yeah, Listen, what done. a great week. We're going to see you again next week here on NHLpodcast.com. Ring us in, dial us up, get us on Twitter, get us on your iPad, get us on your whatever you want, your MP3 player, computer. We don't care. Give us a little love. You don't have any of those NHL things podcast. that you just mentioned. You know that, huh? You only have an iPad. You know for sure that I'm technologically challenged. Very much so. But I can talk into this microphone, and everybody's got to be good at something. We should have some eggnog then and celebrate the holidays. Why wouldn't we? And health. Okay? Health, happiness. Prosperity. Prosperity. All right, buddy. Sounds good. (laughs) Thanks, Perrin. That's Darren Pang. I'm Kelly Chase. We're out. This has been Chase and Pucks with Panger, a lineup media group production. Find the show online at NHLpodcast.com. Plus on iTunes, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Get access to all of the Lineup Media Group shows at lineupmediagroup.com.